0: Welcome, everybody, to the SBC's Fit Talks podcast. I am your host, Sean Clarice, and we are on episode three, which will be discussing supplements, what I recommend, what I don't recommend, what you should be taking, and what you should be avoiding, what will waste your money, and what will benefit you in the long run. Oh, supplements, such a weird, strange, sometimes controversial topic because, you know what? People don't want to hear that the supplements that they're taking, that they live by, maybe not may not be what you should be taking. They're probably wasting their money. So for me, this is a very important but very interesting topic, and I can't wait to get into this. So how I'm gonna do it is I'm going to first Break down the three supplements I don't think people should be taking. I don't recommend these at all, and I think they're a big waste of money. Then I will give you four supplements that I not only take, but I also recommend based off of research. So just to get into it, what would be called a supplement would be either something that obviously you supplement... So, so something that supplements food or something that maybe you're lacking, so maybe like a type of vitamin or whatnot. And you know what? There's a million, uh supplements. Not all of them are good. A lot of them have bloated claims that just honestly don't live up to the hype. And I'm here to ruin that for you and hopefully help you in the long run. And at the end of this podcast, whoever whoever left a question on my Q&A on my Instagram, I will be answering those. So hopefully I give you the best answer I can. So to get right into it, the first supplement that I do not recommend is test boosters. Not only is there no science backed, there's like very, very little science backed. They don't do what they're marketed to do unless you're like... Severely low in T, they do not increase testosterone. The problem is that they may, it may very small, but the problem is people think, oh, test boosters, that's like steroids. But no, not even close. As I don't recommend steroids, but these are not even close to what steroids do. Steroids take you from like, let's just say you're at like a level of fifty, steroids will take you to like. 400. That's that's what they do. Test boosters may take you from 50 to maybe at best 55. That's what they do. Sounds, you know, oh, it increases. Yeah, but it's not doing what's supposed to. It's not doing what it does. All it really does is it uh, is really expensive. So all it does is takes your money away, makes you you wasted your money, and maybe your libido increased. So yeah, you might be more horny, but Muscle gains, better recovery, all that stuff that they claim. Because think about it, if it was just as good as steroids, why wouldn't so many other people be using it? You know? So, test boosters. I don't recommend these at all. Uh, Just stick to a good diet, stick to training hard, and Honestly, if you, the only time I would ever even think about recommending these is if you're over the age of forty and your test levels have gone down to to a low enough level where you might see somewhat results from it. Uh, not necessarily that you have to take them, but like if if they help in any way, especially when you're lower at forty. Like once you, because you know how it is, like as you age. For us men, our testosterone goes down, and especially once you go past 40. So does it help? Yes. Are there men that uh, not only do I know, but like, you know, on Instagram, not even Instagram. I won't even say Instagram, but like there are naturals that are 40 years and above that I watch, specifically Athlete X, uh, I would say... Every Damn Day Fitness with Alan Roberts, uh, Steve Shaw with Massive Iron. I would say those guys are great examples of men that are 40 and above. Even Steve Shaw, I believe, is in his 50s. and They have very incredible physiques and are very still motivated. So, you know what? I don't think testosterone boosters do much of anything other than take your money away and maybe give you some libido. So, especially if you're in your 20s and 30s, I don't ever recommend you taking this. I think it's... Stupid. So, moving on. The next supplement. Oh, this one's going to bother, uh, I know, a lot of people. <laughs> BCAAs. Yes, branch tra- ba- branch, tra- uh, sorry. branch chain amino acids. Why do I not recommend these? Seems kind of simple, right? Branch chain amino acids, right? Isn't that what protein... Uh, one of the, some of the building blocks of protein? Yes, you will be correct. However, it's three of the nine essential amino acids that you need and you need all nine to really like the protein, uh, your muscles need all nine for uh, regeneration and regrowth. So, and repair. So, And as well, and it's not even the fact that you're taking BCAAs. I would say, you know, yeah, in some cases, yeah, they're probably important, but here's my problem. This is why I don't recommend them. If you are already getting enough protein, you're probably getting, and you're eating good sources of protein, you're getting your branched chain amino acids and you don't need more. There's no, there's no study or there's like very little and not so great studies that, show that it increases and the increases or might be slight. like it might benefit you slightly. but if you already had eating, I would say the only time these are important is if a you're not getting enough protein or B, your protein sources aren't the greatest. but even then like you're it, it's so hard not to not get it's like so hard not to get these because most protein will have these. Then most protein aren't complete proteins, but they'll probably have branch chain amino acids. So um like I said, And guess what? You can get these from cheaper sources. Like I said, protein foods, not only that, you can get these from protein powders, and I'm going to get on that later, that most protein powders that you get in like a store like whey protein, all that, they have all essential amino acids, including the branch chain amino acids. So you don't need to buy these. So like I said, I don't think they do what they're like to boosters. I don't think they do what they're actually marketed. I don't think that you get the... I don't think they uh, help that much in recovery, especially if you're already getting enough protein and you're getting enough... um, Yeah, if you're getting enough protein and if on top of that, if you're taking a protein powder, you don't need to take branching amino acids. Again, another waste of money. They're usually kind of expensive per... They're usually pretty expensive for the serving size that you get. So... And again, like, as long as your diet, even if it's like not the greatest, if it's halfway decent and you're getting enough protein and you're eating like good sources of protein, like I'll give you a prime example. I bet you most people eat eggs. Eggs are a complete protein source. They have all nine essential amino acids. Therefore, you don't need branch chain amino acids. Don't believe all the bros in the gym who says they need to take your BCAAs after after working out. You know, that stupid belief in an anabolic window and you need branched chain amino acids and you need to take protein like right after you work out. No, 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 no. You need to just eat protein and you'll be fine. And you don't need to take branch chain amino acids. Like I said, they're three of the nine essential amino acids, and you need all nine for proper growth, proper recovery, proper just everything. Everything proper, you need all nine, okay? You need to get all nine. If you're just getting those three, you're not doing enough, okay? So I think it's useless. Whew. Oh, man, I think I pissed off a lot of people there because, man. This is like branched-chain amino acids, like a weird topic because like, you know, it kind of makes sense why you would buy them because especially if, you know, it does make sense. I'm buying something that the body makes and the body needs to help with recovery and for uh, muscle growth. Yes, that's all great, but you need all nine. Three is not going to do it for you. And I don't, and you already get it. If you're eating good protein sources and if you're having a protein powder, so yeah, useless. All right. The last one that I don't recommend. And I think that this one as well is going to piss off some people at the same time. I feel like some people also know. I think this one is probably like, this one I think is the not the least controversial, but the least of these three. And that is fat burners. Okay. Fat burners. Here's my main problem with fat burners. They don't work. And guess what? I've fell victim to buying them. I tr- convinced me and my girlfriend that we should buy them because I thought they would work and I used them the whole thing for, you know, the dosage and whatnot and nothing happened. I didn't lose any more body fat. I would I didn't lose any body fat really from them. <clears throat> Here's the problem with them. They th- the problem is that they're marketed around that if you take this only this and you don't fix your diet you'll still burn fat and that's a load of baloney okay fat burners do not do what they're marketed because guess what just because you raise your inter- just because they may raise your internal temperature doesn't mean that you'll burn fat you want to know how you burn fat you'll lose weight so if you're not losing weight and you're taking a fat burner you're you're, it's not gonna work and the problem is that they're always marketed around this idea that you don't have to fix your diet and that's my major problem with that because you're basically telling people who need to change their diet not just for losing fat but just in general like just general health like they probably need to lose their thing they need to fix their diet and you're basically coming in and saying nah just take this pill and you're good that's such a marketing scheme such a such great marketing too because think about it what's harder changing your whole lifestyle or taking a pill obviously taking the pill is easier however it doesn't work so for me this is one of my major problems with the um just the this is like fat burners are one of my major problem with like the supplement industry it's just like it's one of those things like especially these 3 and i'm going to like maybe go uh you know I'm probably going to start ranting about, but it's just like these major three that I picked, like these three I picked specifically because you always see commercials for them. BCAAs kind of, but like BCAAs tend to get recommended by people that are like on Instagram and uh, Facebook and um, YouTube. And usually they have a lot of followers. So telling these people that you should be taking this and just like, and there's other stuff too that I could have talked about, but these three in general, just like fat burners. It's like, I always see this. It's like, take these and like you'll lose like 10, you lose 20 pounds of fat in like uh, 30 days. And it's like, that's such bullshit. Such utter bullshit. And then the same thing with test boosters. It's always like, oh yeah, like, you know, once you're over 40, you're not, you know, you lose your testosterone. And like, you know, the kids these days, these millennials, they don't have any more food. They don't have any uh, testosterone left, so you got to take these pills. It's like, no, bullcrap, okay? You don't need to take a pill to increase your testosterone. You you can't take a pill and expect to lose body fat without changing your diet, and you don't need to take a, a powder or whatever it is for BCAAs. I think that that's going like, to be the holy grail of recovery. It's not. And this is my major problem with the supplement industry is that it's all lies. And I am trying to break down these, try and just break down these myths, show you that these stuff is shit. All these usually are expensive and a waste of money. And they have, if if anything, the tiniest of results. I'm talking about maybe like not even 1%, maybe over 1% a result. Are you really gonna think that spending 30, 40, 50 dollars? Luckily, the ones that me and my girlfriend bought the fat burners, were like 20 bucks each. so I basically wasted forty dollars but I mean still it's like it's like you know I it could have went towards something else. So do not and I, I do not recommend these. And I, you know, I still know people that are close to me that take these. And I try telling them like it's such a waste of money. And like the problem is that like the more expensive they get, the more they like really try to hype it. And like the more they try to like go around this thing and like go around like how how it works and all that. And at the end of the day, they don't work. So stop wasting your money. Don't take these three. Okay, now. To move on to the four supplements I do recommend, starting with good old fish oil. Okay. Fish oil is great. It's a good anti-inflammatory. Um, I would say that it does help with joint health, and I would say it's a good anti-inflammatory. However, that's not the reason why I think people should be taking it. I think it helps, but the next supplement afterwards will be a better one. But for people that... Um, you're probably not getting enough omega-3 fatty acids. So what omega-3 fatty acids help with that you get from fish oil is you lower blood pressure, which if you have high blood pressure, this is usually recommended. I know my dad who has high blood pressure takes these. So I think that's very important. So lowering blood pressure, your triglyceride and cholesterol levels um, go down. Uh, which obviously helps with cardiovascular health and just in health in general, because you know uh, you know the whole you know you see plenty of commercials where you know cholesterol levels and you got to lower them. Same time, preventing heart disease slash stroke, which I think follows the other two, like because you're because it's lowering blood pressure, it's lowering triglycerides and cholesterol levels, it's helping you prevent heart disease. So I would say that's very important as well. And I'm not saying that this is like concrete proven, but however. It could help. So I would say that this is just an added bonus if it does help you in any way. Fish oil tends to also be marketed as a brain food. So it could help you with depression, um, bipolar disorder, ADHD, which is um, intention deficit, uh, Alzheimer's disease. However, they do need more research. But if it does help you, like I would say fish oil is important for your joint health. It's important for... All the omega, all the benefits you get omega 3, and these are four things that could help you. It may or may not help you, but I would say that it's an added bonus if it does help you. So starting off strong with fish oil. Oh, and by the way, I'm never going I'm gonna tell you these four, starting with fish oil. I'm gonna tell you though though, if you can't afford any of these, I would say get fish oil. The reason being is that I would say that it's a good anti-inflammatory. It's not the best one that I'm going to list off because the next one's going to be better. But however, it's a good one for your joints and the cardiovascular uh, health and the fact that it could help you with brain. I would say it's the best overall one. So I would say this one is probably the most important. So moving on. Turmeric. Yes. Turmeric is a spice that is from the turmeric plant. And I would say that there's plenty of studies. And by the way, I got this all this information from WebMD, not sponsored, just thought you should know where I got this information from. Turmeric, great anti-inflammatory. I can say for myself, by the way, that um, I take all four of these. So for myself, these all work. And I know plenty of people who've use these and they've helped so getting back to turmeric it's a great anti-inflammatory you have to be and you have to be perf not perfect you can miss it a couple times but you have to be really good with what like taking it every day but i used to just combine fish oil with turmeric and that was really all i took other than a protein powder and i re- rarely had joint pain and obviously yeah, i'm 22 but you, you never know so I would say I would say I, I was having joint pain, especially in my knees. I was having knee problem, and it went away. So great anti-inflammatory, so great for joint pain and arthritis. And as well, it may help if you have IBS, inflammatory bowel syndrome. So if you have Crohn's or colitis, it could help with that. I actually did a research paper on Crohn's disease, and um, I picked turmeric. because I did actual research on it for – To see like if it could be a viable like alternative to the medicine that's usually given because usually the medicine may or may not have uh, uh, more side effects than the uh, turmeric or the the turmeric so I decided to look into it. There is a good amount of studies, however, I would say there needs to be more research. However, I think that it could help with Crohn's disease. So my sister has Crohn's disease, so I kind of just. Um, I, it was kind of like personal to me when I did this research and I really wanted to see like, if I could, you know, help her move towards, move away towards the, uh, away from the medicine she's taking to Crohn's disease, just so that you can lower the risk of side effects. I would say that was very important. So as for me, like I did plenty of research, I looked up a lot of research studies. So turmeric to me is a great joint health. It's great. I mean, it's great for joint health. It's great for arthritis. And it could be great for Crohn's or colitis, so I would say turmeric is like the next thing down that you should be taking. And like I said, combined with fish oil, it's a really great—it's um, a great one-two punch. The next one I take, and the next one I recommend, creatine. I'm sure plenty of you heard of this, uh, heard about this. What creatine is? Creatine is actually a natural chemical found in our body, so our body naturally produces it. So what I'm recommending is basically a pill or powder form of it. Um, just to kind of explain what creatine does, body the body uses creatine to produce ATP for the muscles to you so to use so more creatine means more ATP can be produced. So yeah, like basically like when you work out, especially it's more towards because what we have is called a uh, ATP uh, pyruvate uh, creatine system. So basically like it's our power system. It's where we get most of our light. Like, like if you're trying to do like sprinting and all that, this is like the, uh, this is the one, this is the energy system that's used to, um, uh, produce the ATP that's required for these kind of energy systems. So basically speaking that let's just, I'll use working out as an example, the more creatine, so if you take creatine every day, you'll have it, more ready avail- readily available so you'll be able to produce more ATP as you work out so you'll be able to last a little longer in workouts so what this does for you is that it can lead to strength and muscle gains now i want you to keep in mind this is very important too it's not the creatine that's it's not the creatine itself that's um, helping you get strength and muscle gains. I don't want you to think that like it's like a steroid that like if you just take it, you'll automatically get strength and muscle gains. You still have to put in the work, okay? You still got to go in there and grind out a great workout. All it helps you do is last longer. So the idea is that if you can last longer, you might be able to get stronger and more muscle gains a little faster too. Uh, the only side effects that I uh, have found is stomach pains or diarrhea. May. I haven't had that. Um, I kind of know a couple people who had it, but they said it's not horrible. And I would say, and you can, it's a usually comes unflavored, so you can just add it to your water. I add it to my coffee, actually. doesn't affect it in any way. So, I would say creatine is probably also one of the most well-researched supplement you could take on the market right now. It's legal if it's NCAA you know all major sports I'm pretty sure don't yeah I'm highly certain all major sports don't and all like college and high school sports associations don't um ban it haven't banned it yet so except for like I think like one place in Minnesota so I would say other than that like I would say that you're you're good to take it and I say that it really helps with athletes and I would say that it also could help you if you're just a general lifter you know you you last a little longer in the gym can help but you have to take it every single day it's one of those things where it's just be because it has to be keep re, it has to always be resupplied it you always have to take it so just take it once a day uh the recommended dosage for this I would say is um five five grams yeah, five grams. Uh, the other two, you usually get the the right amount because usually it comes in just one. Like it, it's not combined with anything. Same thing with creatine. I'm just saying like you get the five grams. So I would say like all these, pro- um, whatever you buy will probably be the right amount. I'm just saying for creatine specifically because they have even the ones where it's just creatine. They usually don't get up to five grams. So make sure you get the five grams one. And the last. Um <clears throat> the last supplement that I recommend is whey protein powder. Kind of basic you kind of should know this whey protein it's a very easily digested easily easy to consume uh, protein. It's another one that's just really researched and really well known as something that works. It's an easy way to get your protein so if you're either, Feel like you're lacking protein or you just, maybe you just want to get a little more, but you don't want to like, uh, suffer with the calories. This is usually a great way. Make sure it's not a mass gainer. Cause that shit's garbage. Just throwing that out there. I would say mass gainers are just full of sugars and carbs that you don't need. The whole point I would think to get away protein powder is that, and usually mass gainers aren't like, they're like the worst they're like the worst of the whey protein. So I would say whey protein powder is probably the best one. Make sure it's like a lean protein powder. Make sure it's you If you get the right one, it's usually 110 to maybe 150 calories, usually around 24, 25 grams of protein. You might get a little more here or there. And usually it's like zero to maybe five carbs. I doubt it would be five carbs. It'd probably be like one to two, uh, sometimes zero. So I would say that whey protein is like the It's one of the easiest ways to get in protein. Um, I have one. I sometimes take it at night. Because right now, I feel like I'm getting enough protein. However, some days I feel like I do need it. Like if I just, I feel like if a day, you know, it's for me, it's like, you know, a day like where I feel like I'm just like I'm not getting enough protein, then yeah, I'll do it. Um, And for me, not only is it an easy way to get protein, however, it's also an easy way to get, it's an easy way to get calories if like you're trying to gain weight because if you just combine it with like with water it'll probably be 110 150 calories however when i'm trying to gain weight sometimes i'll add milk to it and the reason i add milk is because not only does it probably taste better it uh that's like 300 easy calories at night that i could take so i would say whey, te- whey protein powder is probably the is probably the another really important one. I'd say it's just, it's well-researched. You know what you're getting. Just make sure it's on a mass gainer. Make sure, you know, there's no real crap in it. Like there shouldn't be really any sugar in it. So it's just stay away from the crap stuff and get the good whey protein. Um, so yeah, so those are my four things that I recommend. Um, I really hope that, uh, I kind of opened up your eyes a bit and I hope that, uh, I help you, Understand why the ones I recommend are good for you and will help you, and why the others won't as well. And, like I st- said when I was going into the ones I recommended, if you can't afford all four, I'm lucky enough I can. Um, if you can't afford all four, I would say fish oil and whey protein are probably the two you should consider. Um, if you can only really afford one, just get fish oil. Because at the end of the day, it's still always cheaper to just buy real protein sources. So I would say that i probably get fish oil is the best one. Because it's the it has the most bang for your buck in ter, uh, for everything else other than protein. And I would say that if you can afford two of these, probably whey protein and fish oil. And if you can afford all of them, that's great. So I really hope this all helped you. And now, as I promised in my post and, uh, at the start of the podcast, I'm going to answer, uh, some people's questions that they left me on my, uh, posts. So here we go. Okay. I'm just going to announce the name and the question. So bad news, Rick. Hey, Rick, um, fat burning tricks. All right. Fat burning tricks. Um, I would say that the, best thing you could do is lose weight. There's really no fat burning tricks. I hate to say that there's no shortcuts to losing body fat. It's just, you have to lose weight so that you lose overall body fat. That's really my two cents in the matter. Um, I would say gain muscle and lose, I would say lose weight, then get to a weight that you're happy with, and then gain as much muscle as you can. And that will kind of counterbalance the fat. And I would say that's your best case scenario, but you really have to get on a good diet. Not even a good diet. I I always say this, not a diet, a nutrition lifestyle. So fix your eating habits, you know, eat healthy as healthy as you can. And that will, and lose weight and that will help burn fat. So there's no real tricks. I'm sorry. You got to do it. You got to do it with how everyone else has to do it, which is just losing weight and you'll lose the fat will come right off. So there you go. Next question, Chris DeSaro. The accuracy of BMI and extraneous considerations. All right, so there's two ways to answer this. Uh, the accuracy of BMI depends on who you are um, doing the BMI calculation for. The, I would say that if it's general population, so what I mean by that is like, let's just say I'm a personal trainer and somebody comes in and they have no very little to no working out uh, exercise or workout, just in general, no real history. Um, I would say then BMI is probably a really good indicator of where they're at because let's just be honest, if you're general population and you're in the high overweight to obese range, then I would say that you probably are Obese. I would say the only time BMI is not that accurate is if you've had years of working out experience, so you have muscle. Get ga- you've gained, you've been consistent with your workouts, so you've gained muscle, or you're an athlete. I would say the only two times, those are the only two scenarios. And children, you shouldn't really use BMI with. It's not the. It's it's hard for kids because they're not fully grown. So it's more. Uh, it could, it fluctuates more with children. So I would say that um, as for the accuracy of BMI, I would say that it depends on who you're asking. So I would say general population BMI is pretty accurate. I would say it's probably the most accurate with general population and with athletes or people who've been, you know, working out for years, I would say it's not as accurate. So there you go. Extraneous considerations. Well, I guess it, I guess like what you're asking is like if an athlete's overweight, um, then yeah, there would be extraneous considerations because the BMI is not considering the fact that it has the person has more muscle mass than a usual person. However, general population, if you're if you're borderline obese, if you're obese, you're overweight, then the considerations that it should the considerations that you should take based off your BMI is very important, especially if you're obese. Now, there are people like me who kind of is technically overweight, but I kind of sit at like the border between overweight and normal weight. I would say you're fine. And I would say that you're not at a heart. I would say like if you're like me, especially with some muscle mass too, it's like you don't really need to um, consider it as much. But general population, I would say definitely you should consider BMI as a accurate tool. <sighs> Hope that answered your question, Chris. Warm Legs Steve, <laughs> best name. What's the best workout or series of workouts to get all all around toned, not ripped? All right. So this is a, it's not a difficult question. Okay. I kind of get what you're saying. So the best workout or series of workouts to get all around toned. It kind of goes back to the first question, which was fat burning tips. It's like you have to get tone. So tone, I don't, I, do you mean like maintain your so you want to be like muscular but not super ripped. So I would say that you probably want to be at like 12 to 15% body fat so you're at a body fat that you still have a good amount of body fat on you but you're not like it's not overly where you can't really see you know you can't really see your muscles pop but you also have to put on muscle. So I would say that's the best way to answer. And a series of best workout or series of workouts get all around tone. Uh, that comes down to what can uh, get you consistently in the gym because what will keep you muscular, what what will keep you from getting ripped is getting below like 10%. So if as long as you're not 10, 10% or below body fat, you wouldn't be that ripped. However, to like you still need to gain the muscle. So it's whatever you can consistently get you in the gym, you work out, and you're building muscle. And it also comes down to your diet too. So, how well you're eating, you know, like I've been saying before, like diet is the, probably the most important thing that I can that will help you uh, gain muscle, lose weight, lose body fat. So, get your diet, get your nutrition lifestyle in check, and get uh, follow a workout plan that you know builds muscle. And or you know, just something that keeps you consistent in the gym. And if you're doing so if you're doing a good amount of resistance training, but you're, you know, you're maintaining your weight at a level where you're like you you're in this 12 to 15 plus or minus one or two. Um body fat percentage where you're not you're muscular, but you're not super ripped. You you're not like you you can't like see every like striation, but like, you know, You look like you work out. So I would say that's like if that's what you're referring to, then that's the best way to do it. So try to get to like 12 to 15 where or and if you don't have a calculator, just be like get to a point where you look muscular, but you're not super ripped. And the best workout is whatever uh, gets you in the gym and you can be consistent with Casey Lee, 69. How to get my thighs ripped so that I could crush a head. Um, uh, well, if you want your thighs ripped, you have to get to a body fat percentage, 10% or below. So you got to diet really well. And if you're not there already, uh, you got to just get to that weight and then to crush a head. Um, I would also say if you want to crush a head or watermelon, uh, I would say then you have to strengthen your legs I would also say that you need probably a good amount of power to do that, because I've seen, I've seen some women do it, and pretty scary. <laughs> I wouldn't want to get her mad, so uh, I would say that you, if to get them ripped, you'd have to get to a body, you have to get to a weight where you're 10% or below body fat to get them ripped, to as well to crush a head. I would also say you'd have to get your legs really strong. You would also have to get them really powerful. So do a lot of. Um, Leg power movements. So, get your just explosiveness up. And I would say also, maybe doing a martial art would help you like learn technique as well. So, if you're if this is a serious question, then I think I answered it as serious as possible. So, uh, get 10% low low body fat, uh, get your legs strong, get them powerful, and possibly learn a martial art to learn proper technique. And I think then you can uh, uh, crush a watermelon. Okay, uh, how to maintain a healthy diet and avoid cravings this is by the same person. Okay, I think this is the more serious question. So how to maintain a healthy diet and avoid cravings? I would say how to maintain a healthy diet, it's just making it the making it your one of your priorities. So if diet and you know eating healthy isn't one of your priorities, you're not gonna maintain it at, as long as you want. And to avoid cravings, well, it's not really about avo- – like Like I said, it's just establishing – it's like from my last podcast. You got to establish a discipline. You got to establish discipline in your life so that you can establish this great lifestyle so that even if you're not – like, and that's how you maintain a healthy diet. So I wouldn't even say diet, like healthy nutrition plan that um, if – to maintain it, you got to be disciplined and you got to be like, all right, no matter, you know, maybe once in a while you, you know, you have a ice cream or, you know, a sandwich, you know something like that, ice cream, you know, cookies or whatnot, but every once in a while, but you got to be disciplined enough where that won't detract you from your healthy lifestyle plan. So you got to establish some discipline and you got to say to yourself, this is one of my major priorities in my life, which is eating healthy. And that's how you'll maintain it. And that's how you avoid cravings because what tends to happen is you get to a point where you're just so used to eating healthy that maybe you don't have cravings as much as well. So, uh, I hope that helps. I really hope that helped you because I think this is a really serious question. Okay. How do you stay motivated? Ryan Jacoby 15. How do you stay motivated to work out after a long day of work? What drives you? Okay. So I would say it's the same thing as the last question. It's like just establishing some type of discipline where, you know what, you may not be motivated to work out after a long day at work. You might just be mentally tired. You're just like, you know, I just want to go home. I just want to lay down. I just want to, you know, if you do, you know, or you want to drink a beer or, you know, have a drink or just, you know, relax. I understand, but it's the, dis- it's not, so in those cases, you're probably not motivated to work out. But what gets you to the gym And what keeps me, I would say, motivated is not even motivation, it's just discipline. It's just, I make it like my, like how I said, you have to make your healthy eating a lifestyle and a priority. You have to also make working out a priority. You gotta say, well, my physical appearance is not just, you know, it's from my diet, but it's also, you know, I gotta work out, I gotta go to the gym, and I gotta hit either hit the weights or hit, you know, get some cardio in. I you know, you got to make it a priority to do this. Cuz this is this is it's not a it's not a short-term thing. It's a lifestyle. It's a long-term, lifetime uh, thing that you got to be disciplined to do even when you had a long day at work and you're just like, "Oh, you know what?" And I'm going to say this too that um you might be like really stressed from work and really tired working out might help you actually. It might be relaxing for you. It may, you know, it sounds kind of counterintuitive. Like, oh, I got to like, you know, break down my muscles to like feel good, but you know what? You just feel accomplished and you feel like, you know what? You can get some of that anger out, some of that stress out where you're just like, oh man, my boss was reeling me today. And it's like, I'm just so pissed. And I just gotta, I gotta do something. And it's like, you know what? And then you go to the gym and you're lifting weights and you're just you're getting all that stress out and you just feel so much better afterwards. There are some days where I'm just like kind of really stressed and I work out and I feel so much better. It's it's like therapy for some people and I would say that, or you know, meditation, it's just like it calms you down, it helps you, gets rid of the stress so you don't have it anymore and you can like just, then you could go home and relax with your family or you know, by yourself or with your friends. Then you can, because now you're in a better state to do that too. You're just not, you're not like overly stressed and always thinking about what happened at work. It's just like, uh, oh, you could breathe. Last question, Michelle Fortmeyer. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> this is my girlfriend's mother. Uh, how much do you love your girlfriend's mother? Very, very much. I'm serious. I love her very much. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the questions. Um, Thank you for listening to this podcast. Um, I thought this was probably, I thought I came in here really excited for this podcast and I really hope that I expressed my enthusiasm for this one because this topic was not only very important to me, I really, really wanted to do this. So thank you. Um, have a great day. And I hope to uh, hear back from, I hope to hear any comments back from here. You know, Uh, I haven't said the last two, but really criticize me because these are the early stages of this podcast, so I need to know what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong, especially what I'm doing wrong. So thank you. Enjoy your day. And SPC's Fit Talks podcast, signing off.